Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to yet another episode of Three Beers In. My name is Dominic, or just Dom, you can call me Dom. And I'd like to welcome all of you to episode 131 of a little podcast about beer. And one of the things that I enjoy uh, thoroughly in this life is delicious, wonderful craft beer. I humbly welcome you all, one and all, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, this show. <clears throat> Very glad to somewhat be back on track, uh, doing it on a Thursday yet again, and uh, having this come out to you guys on a Friday to get you ready for your weekend uh, that's going to be jam-packed full of fun and awesome good times. So, let's begin. Uh, here we go. So, this is going to be really, really interesting, and it's going to be a pretty, uh, I think, beer-centric episode, because I have a beer here that I am extremely excited about, and I do say that a lot. <clears throat> maybe um, maybe I say it too much, but it is definitely a um, an episode that I'm that I was actually looking forward to since I bought this beer over at the Super Buy Right. I'm officially out of beer now, so if you have any suggestions, shoot me a line, and I'll see if I can find it at my local uh, Beverage Island, or or I'll I'll even go as far as Jersey City somewhat now that the Bayonne Bridge is open. But anyway, this is not a this is not a um, a political podcast. Okay, but what's been going on lately in the Congress, a lot of people, I don't really care what side of anyone's aisle, it doesn't matter, I don't care what color tie you wear, as Bill Burr says, but there are some people calling it a dog and pony show, and I have said before on this podcast that I, I would like really want to see if there was a dog and pony show, like if it was an actual thing, and much to my dismay, from a quick Google search, is that there actually is no, <clears throat> there really is no um, dog and pony show. It, it's it's a it's a term that's been used in political theaters and and political uh, and in politics for for about two hundred years or so. Two hundred years? What year is it? I don't know. Anyway, it's been used in in <clears throat> in circles of of politicals. Politicals. That's another word that uh, that's a bit of a doozy. I was extremely disappointed because I was thinking this morning, you know, after hearing people saying this terminology to explain it, that um, th- that like, I was picturing very because because well, I'll watch a dog show 100 percent when it's Thanksgiving and, and the football's not on yet. If I'm not watching, I, I, I'm watching the dog show. I almost got it confused with the puppy bowl and the kitten bowl, which is another excellent. Um, display of animal love and cuteness, which I'm all about. I love cute animals and fluffy animals, which was going to get to the point of the of the pony part of the dog and pony show. Because if you were going to take the the I would say mainly the non sporting group and the toy group of the of the regular dog show, which I'm all about, those those dogs, you know, big, big fan of the of them, the cuties. And if you were to take it and combine it with the ponies, now there's different there's different types of ponies. For me, I like the little fat ponies that are in sweaters. I think they're from Scotland. And I don't know if they're necessarily ponies or miniature horses, but either way, there's also that famous gif of the miniature horse or pony and or pony <coughs> equestrian animal like building up its uh courage to jump out of a barn but when and like the the drop is very very small of a of a drop and the pony is just like and he, and he when he jumps out he does like a 
like a happy pony jump kick afterwards, which is really, really cool. But the ponies that wear the wear the sweaters, there was like a, I don't know, it popped up on like Stumble Upon years ago when that was actually a, a popular platform. Or, I mean, people still use it, but I think Pinterest kind of like swept in and, and took it over. And I really don't know why. Stumble Upon was really, really cool. You know, you would, you, you, tailored it to what you would like and it learned what you would like through algorithms and the, and the like and the such and the whatevers and then you would hit stumble and it would give you stuff if you haven't heard of stumble upon that's obvious I mean that's what it is it still exists and uh, that that popped up there were little ponies uh, very chubby looking ponies I mean like so like corgis right corgis got like short legs and 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 stuff and and, and long bodies and I think that's precious because it's like oh you you, you know so these ponies, I think they're from Scotland. Either way, and also a, a viral video, somewhat viral video, just popped up not too long ago, of a pony in a high chair eating like I think a bowl of carrots, sliced carrots. And I'm gonna try. I I live a weird life, ladies and gentlemen. I I'm really sorry about what you're hearing right now about my ruminations of ponies and dogs. I mean, it was just it's just me coming to the realization that. This may never happen, uh, and it's and it's a damn shame because I think it would be really nice and refreshing for people in this country to come together to go to an actual dog and pony show and marvel at the absolute cuteness that can be of dogs and ponies alike. Uh, and with that, I yield back my time, which is another thing that people have been saying a lot lately. But still, so the, the thing that I got main, that I'm mainly excited about this week, especially. Is we are, <clears throat> I am, I keep saying, the, maybe I will say we, meaning the collective us, meaning the show, you know, the people that are involved, that do listen and do enjoy. Uh, this this particular week, I am doing this uh, again, where I'm not having the beer before the show, to have a uh, a clean perspective about what I'm drinking and sharing the first thoughts of the beer with you guys. Something that I have not been doing, but uh, been reserving that for uh, beers that are particularly special. And this particular beer this week, as you've uh, already seen on the title, because you see that, and for some reason I try to maintain some sort of mythical, not mythical, mystical? Mystical? or some. I put a veil over what beer I'm drinking, like as if you can't read it. And the the, the iron the tragedy that's not ironic at all, the tragedy of the fact that I have to use my phone as my computer is when you turn off I might as well just turn off the do not disturb because when even though I'm like on do not disturb it's gonna it vibrates if it's unlocked in my hand, I, which doesn't make any sense to me if I'm saying to you do not disturb me. Do, do you need to notify me that I'm getting notifications by vibrating in my hand? What if I turn on the volume and turn the ringer all the way down? You're vibrating in my hand while on Do Not Disturb to disturb me by notifying me that I got a notification that I could clearly see because the phone's in my hand and it's on, obviously. But anyway, I'm going off the rails here. <clears throat> Episode 131 is featuring a beer called The Perfect Disguise by Dogfish Head Brewery, located in, I believe, Milton, Delaware. I didn't write that information down. So the the really interesting thing about this particular uh, beer and brewery is that we've only done it once on the show. 
which is quite tragic. And it was episode, I think, 100, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was episode 100 or episode 99. And we did the Dogfish Head Sequench Sour Ale, which was really good. Actually, you know what? Let me look it up real quick. If this thing is good, if the phone's going to disturb me anyway, let me just um, go on here and uh, pop on the Apple. Uh, podcasts, which also has three beers in on it. If you're listening on our website, you could subscribe on Apple's podcast. Please give us a five star if they even have that rating. And this was from May of 2018. It was episode 99, and uh, uh, it says here, I'm just going to give you a gist of what the uh, the show is. Regular Rob lost his voice, so Better Rob, which is Rob DeVito, who I talked about last week, took over the commander's seat and brought a sour beer, which Regular Rob hated, and he still hates them. And we discussed uh, a whole bunch of stuff, and it, it's, a, it's a nice listen if you want to listen to it. But that beer, in particular, was a really great, I mean, great summer beer. I remember... Um, I think in July or August or maybe even September. I'm going to stretch it to September. Went to go visit my buddy Tommy and his wife Danielle. And we were on the rooftop and we were doing riddles and stuff. And I believe... And I'm someone brought uh, the Sequench Ale. And it's a, it's a fantastic outside drink. Like outside beer. It's very, very refreshing and, and very, very bright and, and, and wonderful. And, and it's not as sour as a lot of people who are afraid of sours. Uh, they might be afraid of it and not go near it, but this is the second time we're doing a dogfish head, and I'm really, really excited because this particular beer, the perfect size, disguise, it's got a really, it was very interesting. It says that it's, it is a double IPA, an American, an American double dry hopped IPA disguised as a Kolsch. I just threw it down because, ladies and gentlemen, if you know anything about me, and if you know anything about this show, and if you've been listening for a while, you'll know that the German... I'm going to put this music on in the background because I'm going to be... I think I'm going to be chatting for a little while about this particular topic. But now we're at the beer review uh, portion of the show, if you haven't guessed by now. And this is this is really, really interesting, and, and just... I, I can't get over this. If you know anything about me, okay... And I know that the followers of the show long enough will know that, like, my first love of beer would have to be German-style beers. And when I say, like, like they just get me. Like, they know me. You know? It's just like a, a type of love that cannot be put into words. And when I'm, in a, like, when I'm out and about, though, it's just authentic German beer is just not widely available in most bars and restaurants and stuff like that. So I, I have my other first love. Okay. I guess maybe my you could say my love is beer. But it's hard to to say like, Chris. Uh, like if if you're gonna look at these different beers, like German beer or craft beer, it's a t- it's a tie for my my heart basically, is what I'm trying to say. But um, so that's that's where the craft beer comes in. And 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 uh, we've always said to, like, what happens when the craft beer meets the German beer? Well, it's usually uh, not a whole lot, to be honest with you guys, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, when Three Beers In embarked on the October uh, Fest craft beer special, which is available on iTunes here, uh, you can find it if you if you go back. Um, you know, what did we learn? Because there was there was like what had happened. Two things happened, ladies and gentlemen. Two. But one, we spent a ton of money on these beers because what we did is we were going to stack up craft German Oktoberfest against German Oktoberfest. And that got really expensive because this was before the Beverage Island days where you could grab a can or two or a bottle or two 
and then call it a day. We were we we were buying six packs of all these beers, so it, it got expensive. And uh, what was the lesson? The number two uh, was we made we pretty much wasted a lot of money because all of the craft Oktoberfests uh, were horse shit. You know, speaking of the ponies before, it was pony shit. It was cute, fluffy. I wear a sweater pony shit. It was it was terrible. Now at the time, we attributed to uh, like craft breweries maybe trying too hard to be uh, special and to stand out. In hindsight, like now, I think I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I think maybe this Oktoberfest that passed, <coughs> we kind of like came to the conclusion that it's probably not that at all. It's probably that these like German breweries have the rights to these beers and, and literally have the perfect rec- recipes that that can't be uh, replicated and sold for profit because it's like I mean anybody any craft brewer I mean there's I did see a YouTube video once of a craft brewer who was asked to make Budweiser and he's like first of all no because no and second of all no because it's really hard to make so even though Budweiser is not the most flavorful uh, beer it's the most widely available clean beer that people drink the most in the United States so if you replicated it and tried to sell it as craft you're gonna get sued most likely so uh, where was I you're gonna get sued yeah basically so um, you also so the thing that that became interesting too as I was getting into like looking at uh, craft beer and brewing craft beer it's not so much that you can't get the ingredients that are available in Germany. You can get them. And then, like, I even saw, and I'm going to get dive into this much deeper when I get into uh, the brewing, uh, the brewing, the brewing process. Uh, literally, you could chemically clone water that is in Germany or different parts of the world. Like, literally, like, people are doing this. So, like I said, that process I'll probably get into later. And I'll maybe, I'll maybe touch upon it at some point. But I, this is the this is a beer that is literally targeting like my heart and soul. Like it really and truly is. Like my goal to goal to excuse me, my go to German beer is the Reisdorf uh, Kolsch, and I had too many kegs of that that I brought to my family reunion uh, this past summer in New Jersey, and uh, it's it's a fantastic German style Kolsch. And I know I always talk up the the Bitburgers. And the and the Warsteiners, and that's because they're sold mainly in bulk. Like you can get a ton of that, you know. But the uh, the Reisdorf uh, Kolsch is like my beer child. You understand? Like, it, like I, I would buy the Reisdorf Kolsch for myself over those other beers any day. But it's just I try to go for the uh, the, the the more beer. You can get like twelve packs and up of the uh, Bitburgers and the Warsteiners, and. Um, so basically, like if you disrespect Kolsch-style beer, I'm going to fight you in the parking lot like a hockey dad or Randy uh, Marsh at the Little League game. I thought this was America, right? So basically, I'm really excited about this beer because it, it's... Uh, I'm, I'm also extremely nervous. I want this beer to be the beer of my dreams, but I, ha- I have to... I'm so scared that it's not going to be. And it's really, really cool. The 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 contain the the box that it comes in. It's a German guy with lederhosen. and he's made of wood, and he's got a beer in one hand and and like wheat or or barley in the other hand, and his head is knocked back. And in the controls of this wooden man, German man, 
with a blonde mustache is a hop uh, at the controls. And it's an actually really, really cool design. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But you know what? I, just, <clears throat> I can't wait anymore. I'm sorry, guys. I just can't wait anymore. Give me one moment. I'm going to get this. I got to get this open and I got to get one of these beers out. So <clears throat> I can, uh, I'm going to read about it uh, as, oh, as I drink them. Really, really cool labeling on this. And it says here <clears throat> on the side of the box, our double hopped, our double dry hopped American IPA brewed with German chit malt loaded with tropical flavors and a crisp Kolsch-like finish. That's what I'm nervous about. Is it going to have that crisp Kolsch-like uh, Kolsch -like finish that you get when you do drink a German-style Kolsch? So let's pop this bit. Woof. The aroma immediately is a very strong IPA aroma. Pouring it out here. Okay. Good pour. About two fingers ahead here. It is a cloudyish golden color. I would say a golden color. Nothing too crazy. I'm, I'm pouring it into a flagship glass. A lot of carbonation I'm seeing here. It's very, very bubbly in this glass. And uh, that excites me. This beer in particular, I think they have a bottled on date on here. Bottled on uh, January 15, 2019 at 4.02 uh, p.m. or a.m. I, th I don't know the 24-hour clock. It's 04.02. They're working early if that's what that means. So, Right away, the aroma is a very IPA-forward aroma. Uh, the head didn't really dissipate that quickly. Very deep tropical... Uh, ooh. You, uh, I hope I don't smell the alcohol here. Hold on. It's got a danky smell to it. Not too dank, though. Tropical flavors, uh, tropical aromas, like it said over there. It's got like a uh, mango-y uh, smell to it, I'm getting. Um... Like a, a little touch of apricot and a little tangerine-ish. Oh, I feel like such a beer snob when I sniff the beer. I'm going to go for it. Here we go. Not a Kolsch-like finish so far. Very, very mild. A very smooth beer. Alcohol not existent here. You don't taste the 8%. It's 8%, by the way. I didn't get the IBUs, by the way. So sorry about that. Let me go one more. That's good. It's not overly bitter. Fairly sweet. Fairly sweet the whole time. In the beginning, the middle, and the end. The end has a slight bitterness, but it's not... Um, it's not fighting that malty sweetness. Not even so much of it. Okay, so I guess I'm getting like a malty sweetness here. And just a very, an overall very good um, IPA or double IPA. I'm I, I guess I'm getting a little bit of that German malt flavor, but it's, it's, it's not coming through so strong. It's kind of being battered down by those hops. Not that that's bad. Like in terms of this being a beer as itself it's not that bad <clears throat> now the bitterness is creeping in a little bit more the mouth feels very very smooth and um and very and very uh, this is a fairly good beer i'm not gonna lie right now but this is a little blob 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 a little blob blurb that was written on their site is it an ipa disguised as a kolsch or a kolsch disguised as an ipa 
as the second installment in our 2019 Off-Centered Art series, we're unmasking our newest double IPA, and its golden appearance is The Perfect Disguise. On the surface, The Perfect Disguise looks like a straightforward Kolsch with a crisp Kolsch yeast and traditional German malts and hops. But things aren't always what they seem. A quick sniff and a slight sip, you're greeted by a creamy mouthfeel and a full body thanks to the addition of a unique German chip malt. The first hint that this beer may be somewhat different. Hiding deeper behind that German disguise is the double dry hopping of an American double IPA with nearly four pounds. And it's true. This has a very strong hop characteristic to it. But it it's almost mimicking the flavors of those unfiltered New England style IPAs. But it's not... It, it's a fairly clearish beer. It's cloudy, but not completely cloudy. You could see through it a little bit. And it's it's pretty good. Our rail, uh, it says here, it brings tropical flavors of citrus, tangerine, mango, gooseberries, and peach. Our rallying cry at Dogfish is to never follow what other brewers do. So, on this exploration of goodness in the world of IPAs, we've chosen to chase the creative white space in the sphere of beer recipes, concepts, and ideas. And I think we nailed it with our adventurous take on a double IPA with the perfect size. Says the uh, dogfish head founder and CEO, Sam Calgion. We punched up the creativity by layering in two different yeasts, which bring forth the most delicious flavor profile from both a Kolsch and an IPA. A delicious experiment, if you will. Uh, the artwork for The Perfect Disguise was brought to life and designed in 2019 by Off-Centered Art Series artist Michael Hacker. Name perfect, And then they're just talking about... Because what happens is here, they released it on January 11th, and there's an event uh, in March here that if I pop it up real quick do I have that link? Yes uh, there is an event at Dogfish which is in uh, Delaware so you're going to have to drive out there if you're not all the way out there uh, the weekend of compelling ales and whatnot. it's called hashtag W-O-C-A-A-W and uh, this year we're coming at you with a slew of new beers and VIP offerings so get ready for a jam-packed weekend of off-centered ales and luscious food with many main events happening in our Milton Brewery, uh, brewery on March 23rd, 2019, you'll love those. Also, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fundraiser. 600 t- tickets to get in. With oh, and d- you got 600 general admission tickets, and that comes with designated driver tickets, 100 VIP tickets, and 16 super VIP uh, tickets to this event that's being had at Dogfish. So. I wanted to talk about a couple things. The beer, the this beer is pretty good. I'm not. It's very very smooth. It's, it, it, and it's and it's very strong. It's got a very. It's um, it's got some good flavors here. It's got some really nice delicious flavors here. But you know what? I cannot. It's hard to really pinpoint those German those German characteristics in this beer. It is a clean, refreshing beer. Don't get me wrong. And the malty sweetness is there. I just maybe had wished that the hops weren't so intense. 
you know, just just pull it back a little bit so then you let that Kolschness shine a little bit more. But that's just me because I'm a Kolsch guy. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm into that. I mean, I'm trying. I can't compare this to the Reisdorf Kolsch because it's not a Kolsch. It's Kolsch yeast and it's got these crazy uh, hop characteristics in here as well. I'm going to give this beer a generous score of an eight because it is, uh, for what it is, which is a beer, duh. It's it's fairly good. Um, I think I would grab this again. I definitely would. It's 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 a very pleasant, great lacing on the glass. I mean, I just really like the look of it, the feel of it. It's good. Yeah, getting better as we go along, as they usually do, ladies and gentlemen. So you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Go out there and get yourself some of this delicious Perfect Disguise by Dogfish Head. Double IPA, an American double dry hop IPA disguised as a cult. We got a score of an 8 here, ladies and gentlemen, which means it's got the Suds Award. It's pretty darn good. I like it. You'll like it. Go out there. Find it. We put it on our tap. Yeah. 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 It's good. I like it. I really do. I'm not gonna lie. I I I I had expectations. They weren't that high, but they weren't they weren't terrible. But <clears throat> this is just something that I really was I found really really interesting as I was kind of going along, thinking about this beer and thinking about this show. You know, I said this earlier. I stray away from breweries that happen to have a lot of exposure, like Sierra Nevada, Bells, etc. And I mean, this 100% happened with Dogfish Head. I'm not going to lie to you here. I mean, we only did the beer once, and it was 99 episodes in, okay? And they have the 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 60 minute, the 120 minute. Those are the big, those are the, like the big uh, beers that are fr- from that brewery. Everyone knows them. You know what I mean? And it's just it's. I mean, they probably have the highest profile, uh, like in craft breweries, like in America. Like they're probably the highest profile. Like everyone, every single craft brew connoisseur or drinker knows who Dogfish Head is. Their recognition is second to none. Think about it. I'm trying to now. I think the only other craft, like real craft. I mean, it's so hard to say real craft because it's coming from my perspective. So. I always stayed away from Sierra Nevada. Always stayed away from Bells. But the only other craft beer, like I remember when craft beer was coming out, was Magic Hat Number Nine. Magic Hat Number Nine was like, well, if you have that, you're having something crazy, you know? It was the hoppiest, bitterest beer ever. Meanwhile, now you have it, and it's like a, it's like having a fucking, like having a uh, what is it, a cider drink or something? <coughs> Excuse me. But um. Even if you don't drink craft beer, you know who like Dogfish Head is. You know, people like they they don't even they don't even know about it, but they know they'll say to you like, "Oh, I've had I think I had the 120 minute or the 60 minute or something like that." I mean, think about it. but like but like I said, it, I looked at Magic Hat number 9 and I looked at Dogfish Head Brewery and I kind of put them in the same category. Uh, Magic Hat number 9, they get bought out in 2012, but Dogfish Head remains craft and they're part of that independent craft uh, brewers council. And they have a lot of crazy, crazy, wonky beers, which is actually something that, I mean, it's it's been in front of my face forever, practically. Not forever, but as long as the show's been around, this brewery's definitely been around. I think they came out in like 1993 or something, or 94. 
yet I'm like, whoa, look at this. They got some crazy fucking beers. And their motto is pretty crazy. Off-centered ales for off-centered people. Now, I'm going to pull up their Wikipedia page because I have to read you some of the beers that they have here. Okay? It's on Wikipedia, so bear with me. I'm going to read it a little bit here. It says, uh, Dogfish Head tends to produce experimental or extreme beers. Um... Such as the tongue-in-cheek liqueur de malt, a bottle-conditioned malt liquor, uh, which typically comes in a dogfish head brown paper bag. That's fucking funny. Uh, dogfish head products often use non-standard ingredients such as green raisins in their raisin de terre ale. Uh, some beers, including the Worldwide Stout 120-Minute and their raspberry-flavored strong ale fort, are highly alcoholic, reaching 18 to 20% alcohol by volume. Meanwhile... Their typical is 3 to 7, it says. But meanwhile, when we had Molotov Heavy, no disrespect to Molotov Heavy, an evil twin, we were shocked that it was like 15%. Meanwhile, this, these people are doing 18 to 20. Um, one of Dogfish Head's more notable odd beers was a green beer called Verdi Verdi Good. God, the play on words is excellent. Produced in 2005 and sold only on draft. The beer was not colored green artificially. Rather, the green color was d- derived from brewing a Dortmunder-style beer that contained spirulin- spirulin- spirulina or blue-green algae. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Pangea, first released in 2000, uh, 2003, is a Belgian... This is really neat right here. Listen to this, everybody. It's a Belgian-style strong ale... Pale ale, made with ingredients from every continent on Earth, including crystallized ginger ginger from Australia, water from Antarctica, basmati rice from Asia, muscovado sugar from Africa, quinoa from South America, European yeast, and North American maize. Maize. Maize? 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 Maize. Which is corn, I think. And the name Pangea uh, refers to the ep- eponymous supercontinent. Well, I think that's when they were saying that um, the world was all one continent, which is pretty cool. And um, so these are some of the... I mean, th- that just, just to show you some of the cool beers that they brew, these were, these were some of the ones that like were highlighted here. But they have uh, the 60-minute IPA. And for those of you that aren't aware of what 60-minute IPA and uh, 90 and 120 means, they are denoting the length of the boil at which hops are being added continually. Which is pretty neat, because when I was... This is cool to me now that I know about brewing. I haven't done it quite yet. i got to wait for better weather. i got to wait for it to be a little bit warmer in order for that yeast to activate. But I'm gonna, as soon as I get a temperature that I like, I'm going to do it. But this is pretty cool, because when you're doing your boil phase of the brewing process... There's a very strict uh, criteria of when you add your hops. Now, they're adding their hops continuously throughout. I mean, every boil should be an hour at least. They're doing it at sixty for 60 minutes, 90 minutes, and 120 minutes of continuously adding hops. That's really, really interesting and really, really cool. Because every recipe that I've seen and every single person that I've, I've observed doing the craft beers and what I've read about craft beer, it's that you add your hops at 15 minutes. And then you add your hops at another 15 minutes. And then you add these hops at 20 minutes. You know, it's it's very, very uh, structured in that 60-minute boiling phase. But they went out of their way and they, uh, they did it uh, completely different. 61, a beer-wine hybrid brewed with Syrah grape. Uh, Apra Hop, a spring seasonal IPA brewed with apricots. Uh, Burton Batten, 
or baton, an imperial oaked IPA. And they have a 75-minute IPA that is then put in a cask. And they were making, I think I read the other day on the show that they were making beer. No, they were making uh, whiskeys. So they're 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 totally into to, to this type of stuff. Uh, they also made ancient ales, Midas Touch Golden Elixir, first released in 1999, a strong ale based on residue found on drinking vessels from the tomb of King Midas, dating back to the 8th century B.C. Uh, defining ingredients included muscat grapes, honey, and saffron. That's fucking awesome. We were just reading about brewers making ancient beers well not the ancient this is fucking ancient this is yeah the 8th century before Christ or or before common era now I think is what is proper but still where we I was amazed by them trying to make a beer from 133 years ago these guys have been making beers uh, since before Jesus have you heard of Jesus okay and they have some crazy other stuff here. Uh, Chateau Jahu, first released in 2006. A spice strong ale based on residue from pottery. From fucking pottery. Found in a Neolithic village of Jaihu. Or Jahu in China. 7th millennium BC. Is that the same as 8th century? I don't know. I'm not a math. Uh, some defining ingredients included rice flakes, wildflower honey, hawthorn fruit, and... I'm not even going to try to pronounce that one. But as of 2009, this is the oldest known beer recipe to be brewed in the modern age. Fucking awesome. And I missed it. Meanwhile, D- Delaware is right over there. So these are just some of the some of the beers that... Noble Rot. What? Oh. I'm not even going to get into the rest of this, But they've they got a shit ton of beers. Okay? A lot of beers that they have there. And like... Dogfish Head is among like the tippy top of the craft brew prestige and yet we only did one we only did one of their beers and why is that like I said I'm some I pigeonholed myself I put myself down a rabbit hole where I say I'm not going to have these beers because I think that they might not be part of the craft beer experience what am I doing when I do that what am I doing apparently I'm, I'm leaving my I'm leaving myself you know, all fucked up here. I mean, these are fucking awesome beers. So far, I haven't had a beer from Dogfish Head that I didn't like at the on that on that uh, rooftop at Tommy's house. Someone also brought a blood orange um, beer from Dogfish Head that went like with the sequench, and I wanted to sound all sophisticated. I was like, um, it's actually just quite bitter for me and my palate. I wanted to sound cool and stuff, but it was fucking good too. So these 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 guys, oh shit, that was so risky. These guys knocking out of the park. Okay, and this is really tragic. And you know what? From now on, I am not going to, I'm not going to put myself in a box, so to speak, of saying I am not going to drink these breweries' beers because it might not be craft, or or maybe just do the research. Do I mean I have a computer? I have the library of Alexandria in my fucking pocket. Yet I'm gonna look at a brewery and be like, I don't know, is it craft? Is it not? And and the funny thing is, is about about the dogfish head is they got they got the fucking stamp of it being independent craft right on there. And I'm pretty sure I've said on this show before that th- this guy and like the stone brewer, like they are staunchly craft. Like they will kill your face right off your body if you if you go against the uh, if you sell out or go against the craftness 
of it. I might be making that up though. But here's the cool thing, right? Dogfish Head has a um, about this particular. I'm going to bring it back up here because I want to make sure that I'm, I'm going to say the right thing here, and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to uh, slander Dogfish Head, but what they're doing is they have um, with this event the they're really big. On, why can't I fucking open this open link? God, I gotta get like a. Mm, I gotta get like one of those um, wireless. USBs to put on this computer so I could fucking actually do some stuff. When you look at their beers, man, they got such a lineup, dude. Look at this stuff. Alright, that's crazy. Yeah, here's the blood orange one. Liquid Truth Serum IPA. That sounds funny. That sounds funky. There's the Midas Touch one. Where's the Perfect Disguise? We were just talking about that. I had it on here. What the fuck happened? Oh, these are the 2019 releases. Did I miss it? I'm I'm going through real quick. They got a pretty, they got a pretty great lineup for for this year for the 2019. I really, and I said this to um, to Ari, like when she's able to, we're able to go. The first vacation that we're going to take after the baby gets here is we're going to go to Delaware, and I want to stay, you know, fairly close to uh, Dogfish Head. Or I mean, in the area, or maybe the next town over, and I want to go there uh, this summer, or maybe. Uh, before the fall, and I wanna I wanna get these beers, these 2019 beers. So yeah, the so here's the okay. So it was 70 IBUs. I can't find it now. I gotta go to like the store or something. So they what happened was they made this um they made this beer and they're they're releasing it in this. Oh here's the shop. They're releasing it in this event, and they had they're they made the perfect disguise signed screen prints which is really really neat because it is the basically the the box packaging but it's a it's a, a 14 by 18 uh, print of it it's really really cool very colorful but it's 65 dollars it's hand numbered and signed by the artist but what i'm going to do here ladies and gentlemen because oh fucking shit oh god it's gone the phone is gone no here it is I got it. I'm breaking the chair to get it. Oh, so sorry, chair. So, ladies and gentlemen, because we have a very tight budget here on 3 Museum, I'm not going to pay $65 for this print. What I'm going to do I'm going to break the box up like this, okay? So, you have to be you know, resourceful when you're running a business. Oh, fuck, I ripped it a little. You know, okay, I'll do this side. When you're running a uh, operation where... You're the only person paying for it, and you're gonna have a baby soon, so you gotta make do with what you got. Don't rip, don't rip. Wow, this is really well done packaging because it won't rip properly. Maybe they knew that people would do this. I am going to have my own copy of fuck. Really? Come on, man. Oh, you gonna make embarrassment? Come on. Okay. Oh, almost got it. One more. Ah. I have my own copy of it, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to place it right there. There we go. I have my own. So it, it was free, perfectly free. You could all get a cup. Well, you know what? Let me not say that. Only three beers in is allowed to to do what I just did. Otherwise, you got to go buy it. Support your local uh, craft uh, breweries. Going on a bathroom break. Be right back.
ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this episode of Freebie. What am I doing? I'm not closing right now. I'm just saying thank you for listening. And um, that was the bathroom break. We, you didn't know, but that was it. And uh, really want to thank all of you for joining me for another episode, another week of delicious beer and good times, good conversation. Hopefully I got helped you uh, your, you on your Friday a little bit. Maybe it's Monday. Who knows what, what day it is. But hopefully... Ooh, this is fun. Hopefully you had a good time. And I really appreciate all of you that listen. All of you that tune in and all of you that email. Another week of no emails. So sad face. So sad face. But, you know, hey, we had a whole bunch in the be- in the beginning of the website. And maybe we'll get some more as time goes on. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. See, it's, it is what it is. But I'm really, really glad of those of you that do interact and do have fun and listen. Thank you all so very, very much. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. They could be talking about like killing all of the kittens in the land. And I would have no idea. But neither would you. I don't think I have any uh, German speakers in my audience. If I do, let me know what was just said. Because it was pretty... um, Pretty, it's pretty as German as uh, you could you could uh, possibly get. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I read this article earlier uh, uh, about the craft brew scene and everything like that, and I wanted to read it to you guys. I wanted to see maybe get your uh, your take on what this person has to say, and my phone won't let me turn it any other way. So uh, it's written by. Some I don't know who, honestly. There was really no author to this, and I might link it, I might not, I don't know yet. But either way, I'm going to read um I'm gonna read what this uh, gentleman said. And the and it's on a WordPress website, so that means that this guy basically made his own website and makes blogs. I'm gonna look to see like what else the guy's got. Maybe he's got some good stuff, who knows? This beer's really fantastic fantastically clean delicious beer so anyway it says it says here uh it's from the beer the burnt out beer guy dot wordpress dot com so already i think you know where this is going either way we're going to read it anyway uh ipa is so cloudy they look like radioactive pond water double mocha woka choco vanilla fudgy wudgy pastry shrouts uh stouts ddh fruit smoothies that's double uh, dry hopped for the uninitiated. And salty gozes that taste like gum instructor's sweat. Gym instructor uh, sweat. What the fuck is wrong with me? Oh, you know why? Because I'm reading it through the... <clears throat> Let me do it over here. This ought to be better. Is craft beer trying so hard these days it's in danger of burning itself out? When Jeppe Jeanette Bergozo... Uh, that's a name right there. It, whoever this person is, it's the owner of Evil Twin... And if, you, if, I don't know if this guy's Danish or Swedish or what, but this is a doozy. So I'm just going to call him James, the owner of Evil Twin and one of the world's most prolific craft beer creators, got a little misty-eyed on Facebook recently when he wrote, Man, I miss the good old days when we where we didn't have to put out five new beers every week to make the customers happy. Maybe it's a sign we should all get off the hamster wheel for a moment and think about where craft beer is heading. There was a time, not all that long ago, when a group of us brewers got together and vowed to reclaim beer from big business by making them 
with integrity and passion once again. Thanks in large part to those early pioneers, we are now able to sit around in craft beer bars, app, app drinking, a, seem, a seemingly endless dilute deluge of quirky brews from around the world. And that's the problem. Because of their relentless drive to recreate beer, craft brewers have inadvertently spawned a consumer culture where beer doesn't necessarily need to be great anymore. It just needs to be new. As a craft brewery owner myself, I've lost count of the number of bars I've rung up the number of bars I've rung up to ask how sales are going. To be told our beer is already sold out. Great, I say. And ask if they want to order more. Oh, we don't want to buy the same beer again. Our customers get bored easily these days. Have you got anything new? This insatiable need for new is robbing craft breweries of the time it takes to perfect their beers. Their beers. Fucking god fucking iPhone. I'm trying to read... And I keep getting notifications. Okay, you know what? I keep getting notifications and I can't... It's fucking with me. Let me try this again. The insatiable need for, for new is robbing craft breweries of the time it takes to perfect their beers. Because the truth is that most of the world's greatest beers didn't taste that way after the first batch. Brewers have spent months, and in some cases even years tinkering and tweaking, raising a degree of temperature here, moving a hop addition up a few, another few minutes later in the boil there, in order to fine-tune and perfect their recipes. It's what the craft and craft beer is really all about. But now that craft is being compromised by the hashtag generation, and some craft breweries are beginning to crack under the strain. For example, for many, for many the practice of test brewing small batches of a new beer before upscaling to commercial brews has long been abandoned. There simply isn't any time. There simply, there simply is, I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm illiterate. There simply isn't time anymore to wait four weeks to see if a beer recipe actually works. Just roll the dice and hope for the best. Whereas once it was okay to have a lager, an APA, an IPA, and stout as your core range. With the occasional seasonal release to add a little drama, these days it's not usual for a brewery to have multiple versions of every style, many of which taste pretty much the same because they really are the same. Just add another kilo or two of dry hops, and you get two beers from one. There's simply no time left over. There's no simply no time left over these days to refine. It's corner cutting, sloppy but inevitable as breweries come as brewers come under increasing pressure to conjure up something different every week. So is anyone to blame? Is it the craft breweries themselves who now wield social media with all the skill of the Kardashians to fan the hype flames of new releases, often in limited numbers, to deliberately increase buzz? Is it in the, is it is it is it the drinking app platforms who encourage the more is better consumer culture by rewarding its users with shiny badges from drinking around and bars that happily feed their habit? Or is it us, you and me, the craft beer drinkers, for no longer feeling any sense of pride in drinking local or having the patience to stick with a beer we like for just a little while because we like it? And not because drinking it, br- drinking it gives us more likes and followers? Maybe the problem is craft beer itself. Remember, 
Craft beer started out as a journey of discovery, so perhaps it's unreasonable to criticize craft beer drinkers now when they simply want to take in all the sights along the way. Whoever's to blame, craft brewer, whoever's to blame craft breweries are increasingly feeling the str- there should have been a comma there, uh, increasingly feeling the strain of keeping up with their customers week in and week out. They're being forced to choose between brewing the best beer they can make or brewing the easiest beer they can sell. Something's eventually got to give. Unless maybe somehow we can all slow down a bit, smell the hops, and enjoy being in the beer now once in a while. So, obviously this is a man scorned. That's what I'm reading when I read this article here. Um, Also, I think it's a, a person who might be not from the United States. I'm thinking maybe somewhere Canada ish or United Kingdom because it is in English and they're talking about they do talk in particular about US brewers and they say the word adding a kilo of hops which is usually not how here in the states we measure anything because the metric system is for people who hate freedom so this guy obviously is going off of a situation I mean I guess it's a bar it sounds like he's a smaller time craft brewer who has some deals with some local bars. And um, he, he went to this bar and they said, oh, we won't buy the same beer again. Our customers get bored easily these days. Have you got anything new? Um, guy, so sorry that you're not able to keep up with the craft breweries that got their shit down right. That's what I'm reading here. I'm so sorry. It sounds very uh, heartbreaking. It's, I don't want to sound apathetic. You know, I want to, I, I don't, I don't hate this person. I don't know him. I don't know anything about him, but, uh, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing Dogfish Head, for example, right? This is a brewery that is pumping out ridiculously awesome, um, d- d- like different styles of beer and, and abundantly. And they're successful in doing so. And they're, they're all over the place. This guy's, I guess, upset because he wants to brew an IPA, an APA, and a stout and maybe do something for Christmas. And he wants the local bars around him to buy it all up because he's who he is. Mm, sorry. Sorry, guy. I think that if you were able to keep up... Because, listen, it's not the fact that they're... And then he says that they're they're fucking it up. They're saying... He's saying that people are cutting corners here. Look, listen. From what I've been reading about craft beer, okay, and, and how it takes to, to, to make it, it's not all that fucking hard. I said that before. I said it when I when I when I first introduced that I was going to be uh, brewing my own beer. This book, who like I think every craft brewer reads before they get started, and even maybe when they've been doing it for a while, they read this where it says literally in the beginning, if you could follow the directions for mac and cheese, you can make your own beer. I'm pretty sure that if you've been cooking mac and cheese for ten years, you might add a little cheddar and say, hmm, that's pretty darn good. Okay. You, you might want to st- you might start experimenting and say I know what will probably work and I know what might not work so you're, you're saying people adding a, one more hop and and a degree down to perfect it sure you know what why you should have maybe perfected your shit before you jumped ahead of the game and decided to sell it to the world and then when they want something new because listen there's a ton of craft breweries out there and they fucking nail it so when you decide you want to try something new and you can't keep up with everybody else, don't fucking bitch and moan about it. I didn't mean to curse there. Because like I said, I'm not angry or anything like that and I'm not in any way against this individual. 
But I mean, this is what I'm this is what I'm reading as I go through this, and I and I didn't read it beforehand, as you could tell, because I can't, I actually can't read. And now what he's doing, he's he's kind of blaming the hashtag generation. There's no one that I know. Listen, everyone that I know, okay, in my sphere of people, are are 30 years old plus, okay. No one in 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 anyone that I know that drinks craft beer is drinking it to get a shiny badge on untapped. What are you, fucking nuts? You, unless you're actually thinking that there are a bunch of 21-year-olds, apparently in your little area, that are actually trying to make this a social media experiment where they drink as many beers as... Why the fuck would they drink them? Why don't you just fucking check in a beer? Lie. You don't think that these fucking kids would lie? about drinking shit? Are you fucking kidding me? If they're in it for the likes, they're just gonna fucking lie. So don't sit there and tell me that grown men who are interested and like craft beer are going out there scampering for new shitty beer that they will lie about and say is good so they can get a shiny badge. Sorry? I don't think that makes any fucking sense. And you're gonna say that we don't feel pride from drinking local? Okay, l- let me let me point you to uh, two weeks ago. I said on the show that I was drinking Old Nation, which is a brewery that's local to my cousin. He fucking thought it was awesome. Guess what? It's local to him. It's not local to me. So by proxy, I'm drinking a local fucking craft beer. I just see a guy who's really mad that's for some reason, like he's been kind of like pushed to the side. Guess what, fella? Be better. That's it. Be better at what it is you're trying to do, and you won't get pushed to the side. If you're saying you're being pushed to the side by Dogfish Head, don't try to be Dogfish Head. If you're being pushed to the side, because let's say flagship in Killsboro, for the sake of argument. Killsboro has these polished, shiny, crazy, delicious beers. I only had one from them so far. It was a New England-style IPA. Can I get that from Flagship? Not right now. But am I going to sit there and say, well, Flagship sure is slacking. You know, they don't have any of those New England IPAs. Or am I going to say, you know, Killsborough really got their shit together because they have a New England IPA? No. I'm not going to do that. These are the two, and there is one more brewery that is, like, tucked away behind a Home Depot somewhere that people say is okay. You know, but you don't see their beer anywhere. That guy's doing it for the fucking hell of it, for the fun of it. But I've never seen Killsboro or Flagship go at each other in terms of, like, you guys are cutting corners by making weird new beers. Come on, guy. You got to be sitting there. You got to be kidding me. So sorry that there are places that can make barrel-aged stouts, which I'm not a fan of. But they can do that, and there are people that love them. And you're going to get mad because, what, you can't make one? What, because you just want beers to be IPAs, APAs, and and a a baby stout, and maybe something like a winter warmer for Christmas? Or maybe I might be so crazy to make a pumpkin ale that no one likes? Come on! This guy, you know, I read, when I saw the, the title of this article, I thought that when I would read it, I would agree with the guy and so, for some reason. And I thought that, like, we would talk about it, I would talk about it and not get into this mode. 
But you want people to slow down and smell the roses and smell the hop. I smell these fucking hops a hundred. I smelled it a hundred and thirty. What thirty one times now? This is episode one thirty one. You're gonna sit there and tell me that I'm just sitting here wafting down beer, not caring about how it tastes because I want the clout of being a craft beer drinker. Be better, guy. Be better. How about that? Challenge yourself to make a badass stout. Challenge yourself to make a New England-style IPA. Challenge yourself to make a an IPA, a double-hopped IPA that has coal yeast in it. That's a tongue twister, but I tried. Challenge yourself. Thank you. Computer just told me to ding. Sorry about that, guys. I don't want to end on a, no, on, a, on a low note, but be better, guy. Be better, and then maybe that bar will say, Hey, yeah, we'll take your your lager, we'll take your ale, and we'll take your specialty double dry hopped craziness. It's called the market, guy. It's called the market. It's called what people want to drink. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Three Beers In. I am Dominic. I'm really, really happy that you all joined me. Don't forget, you can drop us a line at www.3beersin.com on the Contact Us tab. you got to do a little math, but then you can drop us a line. And as always, cheers, everybody. Have a great weekend. Have a great week upcoming, and I will try to catch you guys next Thursday. Take care, everybody.